Hey, what's up, podcast listeners? Ghazali Orella here with a new episode of the Gomaluka Podcast. On today's episode, um, a interview with UN News. Sorry, I should say that differently. I was interviewed by Miss Diane Penn of UN News ahead of the uh, annual UN commemoration of the International Day of the World's Indigenous Peoples, which was held on uh, August 9th. Um, this conversation was um, centered on Indigenous peoples and the COVID-19 crisis, um, what it has exposed, and also yeah, what it has led to in, in a positive sense. Um, and in this conversation as well, I also expressed some yeah, some thoughts and what needs to, to happen um, in terms of uh, participation of Indigenous peoples in decision-making processes within the United Nations. So up next, the interview on UN News, which is also available on news.un.org. Enjoy. This is the Gomaluku Podcast. This is Matt Wells at UN News. While the COVID-19 pandemic has exposed inequalities faced by the world's indigenous people, such as poor access to healthcare, it's also led to greater understanding of their priorities, which include social cohesion and protecting the planet. That's the opinion of Ghazali Ohorella, an international lawyer and indigenous rights advocate who's an Alifuru from Maluku, which is part of Indonesia. Diane Penn spoke to Mr Ohorella ahead of the annual UN commemoration of the International Day of the World's Indigenous Peoples on the 9th of August. He expressed why global dialogue on post-pandemic recovery, including to address climate change, biodiversity loss and other challenges, could see indigenous people finally sitting at the table instead of being on the menu. But first, Mr. Ohorella explained where he's from. If you don't know where Maluku is, I don't blame you. Uh, we have uh, 999 islands, um, still trying to find one to make a thousand, uh, situated between the Philippines and Australia. 2.2 million indigenous peoples living on, living on islands. Uh, majority of that is are the Alivuru people, so the indigenous peoples of, of Maluku. Even though we're currently part of Indonesia, our indigenous peoples are actually Melanesian, so we're, we're Pacific um, indigenous people, so... Pacific has Polynesians, uh, Micronesians, and Melanesians, and we belong to the Melanesian family. And um, now your personal experience, um, you are indigenous, as you've told us, but I also saw on your Instagram account that you refer to yourself as an international law ninja. So I take it that you've been fighting or advocating for the indigenous. Um, can you tell us about that work? Yeah, I absolutely love the work. Um, and to, to be able to explain that, I have to go a little bit back um, to my mom. My mom introduced me to the UN work. Um, basically took me to the UN when I, while I was in diapers. Um, so she took me to the UN works um, before I actually wanted to do something with indigenous rights, international law. I wanted to become an architect, uh, but she, she took me to the UN and then I was sold and I just fell in love with the work. Um, so I've, I switched to studying international law. And, uh, but yeah, one meeting at the UN in Geneva, that, which was back then, the working group on indigenous populations, and I was sold. Um, I wanted to help my own indigenous peoples, indigenous peoples at large, so not at the Pacific. And now it is my, it has become my personal mission to, to inspire and empower indigenous peoples from all over the world to do what inspires them. And the only way that I can know how to do it is, yeah, to just to do the work, roll up my sleeves and, and, and do the advocacy work. Um, help out um, in many processes, climate change, human rights, biodiversity, oceans, and 
yeah, that work is so fun to me. And I know it sounds strange within the UN context to say that it's fun. Uh, it's so fun to me that I started to document my process and my work in this form of a podcast. So that um, what I learn or when I learn that other people can learn with me. Um, so I've been doing that for, strange to say, but already uh, 18 years, actually. I'm in the Indigenous International Indigenous Peoples Movement for 18 years. Thank you. And thanks also for mentioning your podcast, because I saw that as well when, in researching you. And thank you, too, for mentioning some of the issues that the Indigenous people are facing. You mentioned like climate change. And also, I know in the past you've spoken to about things like, you know, suicide, unemployment. And of course, now everybody worldwide is going through the pandemic. Um, yes. How is COVID-19 affecting Indigenous peoples um, from your perspective? Oh, in so many ways. Um, but if there would be a big point to be taken away from, from what I'm going to say is that uh, what COVID-19 did, it um, exacerbated um, the human rights situations of, of Indigenous peoples, primarily the violations. Um, it also exposed a lot of the vulnerabilities that Indigenous peoples experience. Um, there's a lack in medical health care, uh, infrastructure, consideration of their rights, um, consideration of their their knowledge, their, their traditional knowledge. It's so exceptional these times that, that we're experiencing right now. Um, that, But you also see, which is also a big concern for a lot of Indigenous peoples at large, the, um, the emergency laws that are ongoing right now that are being implemented. And yeah, you, you see that some emergency laws are implemented to crack down on Indigenous peoples, on, on their movements. But also there's, um, and I like this look at things from a positive standpoint, right? You also see that there's a, a much better understanding of the, um, the, the priorities of Indigenous peoples. People understand now what Indigenous peoples are calling for. People understand now what Indigenous knowledge means, uh, how important social cohesion is, how important the planet is, how important our own contributions are towards fighting climate change, towards protecting the biodiversity. Um, so you also see that side of the coin of the people more and more be more responsive or to the messages that Indigenous peoples have been broadcasting um, or sharing um, for decades now. Right, right. And now speaking about the social cohesion, of course, the theme for the World Day for the Indigenous people on the 9th of August is about leaving no one behind in line with the Sustainable Development Goals, but specifically about having a social contract. Yeah, it is um, uh, funny that when you mentioned a new social contract, because for a lot of Indigenous peoples, then when they think about a new social contract, they think about back to the times of Hobbes and Locke, the times of the Enlightenment, actually. And the Enlightenment hasn't been necessarily good for Indigenous peoples. Um, so when uh, we think about what is a new social contract, well, what was wrong with the old one? Why do we need a new social contract? Because for a lot of Indigenous peoples, what we think about a vehicle or a... Um, a process to help implement the Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples, that is a social contract, the Declaration, implementing the Declaration. Um, so this whole new, uh, what, what the Secretary General um, described as a new social contract, can be a, an opportunity to better implement the Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. To be honest, like before COVID-19, there, there was a lot of reluctance to fully implement the Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. And we're, we're not talking about new, new rights here. We, we're talking about rights that Indigenous Peoples should have had all along. Um, that is what the former Special Rapporteur on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples said, Professor James Anaya, who is one of the guests of the dialogue on uh, Indigenous Peoples Day on August 9th. 
that these rights that uh, need to be implemented, they, that we as indigenous people should have had all along. So people are not unfamiliar with the, the concept a new social contract. They are familiar though with uh, the Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. So the primary question is, is how can this new social contract ensure that a better implementation or the full implementation of the rights of Indigenous peoples and also the UN multilateralism, how can it ensure that Indigenous peoples' right to participate in decision-making is uh, better respected so that we can be part of this global dialogue that uh, we all should be listening to one another. Mr. Ohorella, thank you so much for speaking to us. Is there anything further you would like our listeners to know either about your work, the Alafuru people, or even about Indigenous worldwide? Yes, and I think the main point um, that, and, and thank you so much for the invitation 100%. Um, what I'd like to convey is that if ever there's a time for the UN world or the world in general to implement the Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples, this is the time. Um, as, as with the new social contract, with our, uh, this is momentum of, of regeneration or, or reinvention, actually, um, that, that this whole, that this current uh, period in time that we're all experiencing, it can provide an opportunity for uh, for all of us to, to fully implement the Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples and ensure that the Indigenous Peoples um, are also at the table. Because um, if you're not at the table, you're in a menu. That is what a lot of Indigenous people say, uh, or you're serving the menu. And Indigenous Peoples need to be at the table um, so that, yeah, we can talk on an equal status, on an equal level with states uh, on, on important issues like climate change, loss of biodiversity, oceans, um, human rights, et cetera, et cetera. My friends, that's the end of the episode, but there's more, um, way more. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast um, on your favorite podcasting platform, of course. And by the way, there are more nuggets of wisdom on YouTube. So check out my name, Ghazali Ohorella, on YouTube. Subscribe and watch your favorite movie. Movie. I don't make movies. Videos. Videos. Um, Sorry about that. Um, And again, thank you so much for listening and bye-bye.